This is Michael Osterlink. Welcome to O Radio, where we explore individual and social transformation through collaborative action. I'm a psychotherapist with a transpersonal and somatic specialization. I'm also a transpartisan social entrepreneur and head instructor at SealFit's Unbeatable Mind Academy. Today's show is brought to you, is sponsored by Synergy Float Center, a premier flotation center located in Old Town, Alexandria, in Virginia. When you take the time to slow down, amazing things can happen. Take care of yourself by booking a float, sauna, or one of the other many services today. You can book online at SynergyFloatCenter.com or give them a call at 571-319-0355. And today our guest is Joe Gagnon. Joe is the author of Living the High Performance Life, an Extraordinary Joe's Guide to the Extraordinary. He's an entrepreneur, adventurer, and biohacker who's currently the CEO of Performance Tea and CEO of Spark Central. Joe is the founder of The High Performance Life, a philosophy, guide, and set of techniques for mental toughness, creative problem-solving, leadership, and personal effectiveness. He's also an avid blogger and passionate endurance athlete, having completed six Ironman triathlons, 70-plus marathons, distance races, and in 2017, he ran six marathons, on six continents in six consecutive days. Wow, I'm just exhausted just thinking about you doing that, Joe. How you doing? Oh, very good, Michael. Great to spend some time with you. It's great to spend some time with you. So you did six marathons in six consecutive days on six different continents. That was in 2017, not too long ago. Tell me your story of what led you to who you were, to the type of person who does that, interested in biohacking, creating a whole really interesting performance tea company, which I've had the benefit of, of drinking your teas. Thanks. Tell me your story. Yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, it's always hard because I wrote the book and it was hard when I thought about like, what do you want to tell that's interesting? But I think that the, the way that I always think about it is this, this sort of um, this life choice of going from most of us start off ordinary. You know, most of us are not sort of the, the child of the ambassador to Kenya and, you know, so we're normal people and, and we, I think start off with rather humble beginnings. But, you know, as I grew up, I realized that it had this sort of very deep seated curiosity. You know, like when I graduated college, I wanted to go study in Australia. You know, when I started working, I became a programmer, even though I wasn't one. And I always just found that curiosity stoked this incredible feeling in me. And I didn't really, you know, it's in looking back, you sort of understand it. And then, but there were the moments, you know, almost like the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey of despair, you know, of being bullied at McDonald's when I was 16, or, you know, um, having your car stolen when you have no money and having to move back to your parents' house. And you know, I think all of those made me more resilient and, and to build a deeper resolve. So I, I actually had a fantastic career. I sort of outworked everyone for, the better part of 20 years and I found myself when I turned 40 in what I characterize as the greatest rut of my life. I was one dimensional, working 100 hours a week, making that proverbial million dollars a year kind of thing with the big house and the wife and the kids and the BMW. And I, I felt like there was no purpose. I was like, what am I gonna do for the next 50 years? It was just empty, even though it was like everything we worked for. And you know, I had sort of my own breakthrough moment, which said that I, I need to sort of develop more of who I am. You know, I was good as a father. I was, you know, good as a husband. I was good as a worker, but I wasn't good as me. And so I set out building sort of a roadmap for myself around these three ideas that characterize themselves as life, 
learning and fitness and sort of built them into my life just like you brush your teeth. You know, the daily disciplines and habits that create sort of who you are. Now, I didn't need permission to do this, Michael. I just sort of said, why not try? And, and so then <clears throat> it kept on getting better. I'd set new goals for the next year. Like one year I decided I wanted to hang out with really smart people. So, well, how would you do that? I said, well, why don't I watch a thousand TED Talks this year? And I did, you know, and I wanted to learn more. So I said, maybe if I read a book a week, I would learn more. And, and then if, what if I tried to run 4,000 miles in a year? What would that take? And, and so it was just always these questions to myself. And what I found through that was that, you know, not only did you not need permission, there's this immense amount of resource that you think aren't there for your taking, but they are and they're free. And they're just you deciding. And so it sort of just continues to, you know, escalate and escalate until I start this idea of blogging and then writing the book. And then I'm like, okay, how do you end the book? You know, and uh, I've had this curiosity You know, I've traveled around the world a lot. I've flown over 4 million miles. I've, you know, run 35,000 miles in my life. I've done a lot. And I like, well, how could you combine all that? plus sort of your love for humanity, and then to do something good. So I concocted the idea, we could talk about a little bit more later, because it's about, you know, sort of this human experience, meeting people, sharing this moment, and taking on what seems to be a really difficult challenge, but with the practice, it was actually not as hard as it should have been. And it was incredibly and immensely rewarding. Uh, I raised some money for kids in high school in Guatemala, I met thousands of great and interesting people, and I did this sort of, you know, how could that kid who grew up in the Bronx go do something like this, you know, 40 years later, it just seemed improbable. And then it just happened, you know? So let me, lots of great things for me to ask questions about. Let me step back. Let's us step back and let's go to when you're 40. Yes. And you had the BMW and you had the house and you had all the stuff, but you, you, there's, there's an emptiness there. Yeah. What, what was like the, the spark that did lead you to, to, I don't know if it was to regain your curiosity, but you know, the curiosity reemerged in your life and you started exploring all these different things. I mean, was there like a moment that that happened? Was there a process? Was there a conversation you had, a book you read? Like what was the, the spark inducing thing? Yeah, there was an interaction. So I was in the firm of Ernst & Young for 10 years. I was a partner for four years and uh, I met this guy, John Connolly and he was an entrepreneur. He had a similar start to me, you know, like he grew up in South Philly. He was nothing. And he became sort of this self-made entrepreneur. And he was starting this company called Mainspring. And uh, he wanted me to join. And I'm like, what are you out of your stinking mind? Why would I walk away from all this stuff? And he kept asking me really hard questions that I didn't have answers to. You know, like, why is that satisfying to you? You know, and like when you say the money, it just feels really uncomfortable. And then he's like, so what are you going to do for the night? Like, how are you going to find fulfillment if you just keep doing the same actions? And I'm like, I don't know. And so he was a sales guy. He was selling me on joining this company that had seven people and no revenue. I was going to take an 80% pay cut and I was going to do it with a wife and two kids. But it became so compelling when I couldn't answer the questions that I had to go find out. So I write about this idea of personal fulfillment. And I know, Michael, with the work you do, it's hard to tell someone what that means. But when you get on the journey to find it, you can find it. 
but you have to put yourself on that path. And personal fulfillment is not just a bank account. You know, that's the bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy. You know, for fulfillment to get to self-esteem and up to actualization, we have to go way deeper into ourselves and then into the community. And then it starts to sort of flower. And then it gets like, oh, wow, it's like cascades and it's a snowball and like, oh boy. So you had this gentleman, a friend, a colleague, asking some really important questions, which kind of woke you up. Yep. And in your exploration of those answers, you, you create a whole new path for yourself. I'm always interested in people's social ecosystem because as you know, and, and you know, in the space of personal development space, if you don't have an ecosystem which supports your growth and development, a partner, family members, friends, it's like climbing up a hill. It's hard enough as it is climbing up the hill yes. in personal growth and development, but you don't have that social support is even more difficult. What was it like for your family for you to you know, be successful in the traditional American way and then all of a sudden start asking these questions and you know, having a new path for yourself? Yeah, I think that, you know, there were two things that I always thought about was one, you know, I didn't want to ever put the family at risk. So, you know, I saved money and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we always sort of, we had this philosophy amongst us about sort of asking permission of each other to sort of, you know, explore what you wanted to explore. Whether that was at one point, you know, Kimberly wanted to go to India on her own to study art and architecture. And, you know, she saved the money to go do that and lived in a hut or, you know, me with some of my adventures or Anthea, you know, exploring. So we were very supportive. We were a cooperative family. We love independence, um, but we're highly supportive. And when you have support, right, and part of that's by engaging people and being polite and asking. And then the other thing I found was that, you know, the better that I got, the better I was as part of the family, you know, that I wasn't on edge, you know, I was much more balanced. I had this introspection about life that actually everyone said, oh, wow, we like that guy better than the other one. And so they would allow it to happen because it was even beneficial to them. And then, you know, there's the collateral effect when you learn and share other people benefit. And then they sort of adapt to that curiosity and that wanderlust and this sort of like, you know, uh, desire for to find the same thing. That's why the, I, the other part is the community of people you put yourself in. Someone would tell you that, well, you're privileged because of the people you know. And I'd say, absolutely not. The people I know are the people who I invested in. You know, and then they wanted to spend time with me, but I put time into them first. I never asked for anything. I offered, what can I do to help you? How can I do that? And then people will then give you time back. Another one of the big lessons I learned. See, actually, that's a, that's a great thing. Let me, so let me ask you some of the lessons, because in your book, you, you, your pillars, life, learning, and fitness. And as one of your things about learning is learning to uh, support other people yeah. like, as a way to expand your network and your collegial relationships. And you benefit yourself, obviously, but you also assist them in their growth and development with whatever their thing is. Yeah, and that, that develops... <laughs> deeper over time. In the beginning, I mean, I'm like silly, you know, it might be raking their leaves or shoveling their snow. It, you know, it's in service to others that you endear yourself. You know, if you invited me to your house for dinner, I would actually want to clean up after dinner and wash the dishes. And I'd leave and, you know, you'd say, oh, that's interesting, you know, but I'm in service to others. That's my life. And so it is 
seems to be a secret because many people are sitting back waiting for something. But if you sort of raise your hand and volunteer, step in, you don't even have to be sort of the quote unquote expert. Uh, and, and there's no one who ever says no to help. I mean, you know, and so there's some of these, you know, like often we'll probably hear, you know, there's privilege. And I don't know if privilege is something given or earned, but in a funny way, you can earn privilege. And what privilege means is just opportunity to do more, not necessarily that you're the only one. And so I found that volunteering uh, and offering to do things that others didn't want to do gave you a significant advantage over others, which then, you know, in this life lesson, which is when you're in service to others, boy, do they give back. Well, let me say when I have you over for dinner and you clean, my wife will be very happy because I can make dinner. I suck at cleaning. So that's perfect. <laughs> yes. I'll be happy to do that. Uh, back to your, your pillars, life, learning, and fitness. Can you break those down, what they mean yeah. for you and, and why they think they're important for other people to follow? Yeah, they're just broad categories and we can put some different topics in them. But, you know, in the life category, right, this is really about sort of both this combination of values and ethics and integrity. Um, they're all the words in the dictionary that cost nothing but give massive return. You know, it's about courage. It's about grit, determination, perseverance, resolve. I mean, we can go through and just write these words. And if you act on them, your life changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they are enablers of this system. This is, you know, when I finally realized I was a biohacker, it wasn't because I knew what that meant. It was just that I realized that this is a system, you know, that, it can be optimized. It's sitting waiting. You know, like there was a point, Michael, I ran 10 miles a day for hundred days in a row. And at the 101st day, I said to myself, I wonder what would happen if I didn't run today? Where does all that power and energy go? Right. It's sitting there waiting to be used. So life is about optimizing our system around the core elements of, you know, community, you know, self-love, about, you know, and these other elements that then make you, you know, just productive, you know, learning. I think that the word about learning for me is curiosity. You know, like I was sitting on an airplane today wondering, you know, about like, what was the distance between the roof of the plane and the top of the plane? You know, like, I just like want to know. And what it does is it sort of changes the dynamic of how the brain works. And the more curious you know, they say when you're old is when, when you trade your dreams for regrets. Mm. But I think you're old when you stop being curious. You need to be curious to the last day. And that curiosity drives the need for learning. Whether learning is reading a book, the dictionary, you know, don't just go buy something and say, why, how? And it just, it creates another level of sort of um, fire in your system. And then fitness, the the strong body carries a strong mind. You know, if we're weak physically, and this doesn't mean you have to either run a marathon or lift hundred pounds. It means being, you know, resilient. You know, I travel a lot. I don't get sick. You know, I exercise every day. I've done that, you know, over the past 10 years, I took off four days. And that was just sort of a slacker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so what though I found was that the, when stress comes on someone who's physically strong, we carry it better, we feel better, you know, it, it sort of sits with us okay. But when you don't have that strength, you can't step into, because life isn't about perfect, right? I mean, like I said, the hero's journey, I mean, there's some hard times, there's some better times, but you better be ready to shoulder that burden 
Um, and if that even meant your friend said, can you come over and help me move? You're gonna be able to pick up the boxes and walk up the stairs or do something. You know, I have the, this good privilege of now being able to do activities with my kids. You know, they're 28 and 26. And, you know, three weeks ago, we went to the Grand Canyon and did a rim to rim hike. I was the guide with a bunch of 20 somethings. That's awesome. And so, but that's because I put myself into that spot. So that combination, you know, when we think about the three things everyone does today, you know, they eat, they sleep, they brush their teeth. I think you throw other practices in there, which is exercise or fitness, learning, and then, you know, something good for the person or the planet. Boy, does life get easy when you put those into your life. So let me ask you about fitness, because <clears throat> I had imagined for fitness, it's a broader category. It's about, it's not necessarily physical fitness. Hmm. It's fit you can, as a whole organism. So what, what is your fueling look like as an example? Yeah, no, that's a great question. That's evolved over time. What I realized was that much of what we do in our nutrition side of our life causes strain in the body, you know, and I'm not uh, going to sort of tell people how to live, but I made some choices. For example, I stopped drinking alcohol 15 years ago because I couldn't push the envelope as hard. Like I didn't want to wake up with a headache and feeling tired and it took away from my performance. And we're seeing more and more that, you know, it takes alcohol four or five days to get out of the body. And so you can do it, but infrequently. I changed my diet from a meat eating diet to uh, a vegetarian diet. And I found that my system responded very well, you know, to plant-based proteins. Um, and I wasn't straining so much. And so I eat and I feel better. You know, it was, you know, so a combination of dairy free, fish free. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I moved away two and a half years ago from caffeine and I thought that would be impossible, you know, because it was like, seemed like that was, and I found actually I was less tired when I moved away from caffeine. So what I did, Michael, was pieces through my life. You know, it's been a journey of change and you make a commitment to one of those changes. And then once that sticks, then you can make another one. You know, we can't do five at the same time. It becomes too disruptive. Our system wouldn't even have to respond. So, you know, if you think about it, I still, you know, I still have at least 30 or 40 years left to live. So that's a long time to set some goals, you know, and if you're 30 or 40 years old, you have plenty of time to make any of these changes and they stick. And then you find your performance level goes up. So I'm, I feel better than when I was 25 or 35. I'm faster, stronger, healthier, more resilient. Uh, I, I thought it was supposed to go the other way. It, I'm going up and not down. Well, good, good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> what are some of your other tricks of the trade? Like you call yourself a biohacker. What are some of the like daily or weekly biohacks you do to optimize your health and well-being? Yeah, I did. I moved, uh, you know, to just connect to the performance tea piece of this. You know, there's some herbs um, that are called adaptogens that are just amazing you know, healing and um, stress adaptive uh, parts of the plant ecosystem that help our body readjust. We're still overreacting to some of our primitive systems like the production of cortisol and other, you know, um, sympathetic system responses. And we have to find a better way to balance out that out of our lives. If cortisol is high, we're stressed, our body is fighting. So if you can get back to balance, you can get closer to your 100%. So I added those supplements in RT format. And then CBD, another 
healing plant uh, to help when you start to push. There's a way to recover naturally. And I took a lot of, uh, you know, the, the over-the-counter, you know, I like to write about life doesn't come in a pill, you know, and it's not the way to solve problems. And so, you know, I, a lot of natural stuff, you know, like uh, fire cider is a great natural farmer-oriented additive to your life. It has, you know, garlic and pepper and cider vinegar. These things help adjust our gut. And we start thinking about what we're eating. It doesn't mean you can't eat ice cream or have a chocolate bar or do something that you might want to do. But there's 21 meals in the week, you know, 17 of them you should be eating well, uh, you know. And so set out that as the goal. And then, you know, one of the disciplines that I put in place when I was trying to make some of these changes was, you know, don't let someone tell you how to eat or how much to eat or what to do. You know, like you, you have to be in control, have agency over yourself. And then these systems work because they're usually envious of what you're doing. They want to you know, sort of drag you down. So don't let that happen. How do you balance? Now, balance is not the right word. And I mean, you might have just answered it in terms of like self-experimentation. But, you know, there's a lot of information out there just in terms of diet, nutrition, fueling, supplementation, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all over the board. I mean, I, I could read one day to take X and the next day not to take X and blah, 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 blah. How do you get through the noise to figure out what you might want to experiment with? And then how do you experiment with it to know that it's actually working for you? And, and yeah. not other variables that might be at play. No, that is a really great question. Um, because, you know, you can't do a double blind study on yourself. So you don't know what would have happened if I didn't do this. Yeah. Um, first, I start with, you know, back to my curiosity and research. I love reading. So I start there and I try to not just look at the people who like something, but hear why they don't. So you can then create your own conclusion. Then the second thing is I look for very high quality people, people who care about quality and what they produce. And then I then try it. I, you know, do it slowly and see if I find an effect. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to do that. Um, and then I think that, you know, the, you know, to holistically change how the body reacts takes time. You know, like, for example, if you gained 50 pounds, it probably took 10 years to do that. Well, if you wanted to lose 50 pounds, why would you think you'd do that in a year? You know, you have to put some patience into the way that you think about how the adaptive parts of the body are going to respond to these changes. And so, um, and then, you know, what I do is try to objectively compare. So I track what I do every day. You know, I look back on my historical performance. And so I have a reference point for both how I feel as well as then, you know, what I do. And then I do have some data that helps, you know, I, right now I have a, a Garmin watch on this arm. I have this whoop strap on this arm. Okay. So I'm trying to capture data that's telling me about my performance, whether it be heart rate or activity level and all of those are indicative of improvement. And so it, it, it's, it's like there is, patience might be the other big factor in this, right? That really matters to can you make a change that sticks and has value at the end of it. Nice. Um, in terms of biohacking and tracking things, do you, do you ever do blood tests as well? Yeah, I have. And I've done the VO2 max tests to check out, you know, how well I'm doing from a oxygen carrying capacity. I've looked at, you know, everything from your, your blood markers in alkaline and seeing how my system is responding. 
Um, I've done, you know, some of these programs where over a period of time, like 10 days, I've done it where, you know, you take body temperature, uh, urine and blood every day and see what happens based on different behaviors. And so what I found is that, you know, what my instincts are telling me and the way I feel is matching to the data. And so that's, that tells me that I don't always have to do those tests, but there's some baselining that helps. Like if you and I were out exercising, I could tell you probably within three heartbeats what my heart rate is at. Wow. Because I have that level of sensitivity after all these years of doing this. And then I just, I keep on just every once in a while I look, I'm like, yep, that's what it was. But it's time and awareness that happens, you know, and so, uh, you know, people will say, oh, well, I have a bad knee or I have this or that or I can't do. Um, let's not make an excuse. Let's find out what we can do with our constraints yep. and, and optimize for ourselves. That's the most important part of this. This isn't about Michael versus Joe. You know, this is about Michael against Michael, right? This is him being a better version of himself or me, the same thing. We all can do that. Right on. You mentioned uh, adaptogens um, <clears throat> and that they are part of performance tea. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about performance tea, which yeah, I've so mentioned at the very beginning. I've had the uh, opportunity to, to use. Thanks to our mutual friend, Anka. Yes. Yeah, she's the connector. I tell the story you know, sort of quickly, which was there was this guy named Paolo. He isn't still named Paolo. He's a, I call him the instigator. He was going through his own life change. And she jumped into CrossFit and was not finding performance. And he was like, I need a natural way to improve. I can't drink that stuff that you can't talk about. You're like, who knows? So he starts working in his lab. Then he meets this guy, Marco, who is a formulator. And for 25 years, he's been working on formulating herbal remedies for entrepreneurs, athletes, executives, high performers in Boulder. And the two of them came up with this idea of performance tea. And then Anka introduced me. So the coordinator introduced then me, I call the validator. And then I took the supplement called energy and I used it to run around the world and it worked. And I was like, oh, wow, this was one of the elements that actually made me recover better each day and feel better. And so we had, you know, instigated the formulator, coordinator and the validator come together that just sort of legitimized the whole idea. And then as sort of a, a commercial kind of guy. I'm like, you know, the loose leaf is great, but we need convenience if we want to get into people's lives. So we turned it into an extract powder so you can just dissolve it into hot or cold water. You can put it in a smoothie, make a latte, add it to your oatmeal, whatever you want, the versatility is there. And then we had these non-CBD versions of called energy, balance, and focus. And they really are fit for purpose, so their names belie what they do. And then we explored a year and a half ago adding organic CBD and we created snooze and revive and recovery. And now we have this sort of, you know, nice portfolio of natural herbal drinks called teas that help you depending on what you need for the day. If like you want to write an article or a blog post, drink focus, you know, if, if you're out doing some hard work for a day, energy is fantastic. And then Recovery is great. And Revive is an awesome alternative to coffee if you're trying to get off caffeine. And of course, we have 40% of Americans who can't sleep. And so snooze is, you know, we take the calming herbs of passion flower and chamomile and add CBD. And all of a sudden, you're getting more REM sleep and feeling better in the morning. So yeah, so the journey has been amazing. 
uh, and building a company is hard, but we're having fun doing it. Nice. And this conversation is actually a cognitive enhancer for me because now I remember I need to also thank Paolo because he's the one who originally introduced yes. me to uh, the tea and gave me some samples. So yes. I know him through the Ambivo Mind and Seal Fit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the, well, he's a convert for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. So obviously you do um, high, the, the, the performance tea. Yep. You also have the book. Um, mm -hmm. How can people find the book? Yeah, so we sell the book on Amazon. Uh, so Living the High Performance Life is on Amazon. It's, uh, you know, I, I call it sort of a, a life handbook. So it's a nice story. And then in it, I put in some worksheets and exercises for people. So they can sort of engage on their own level with it. It's not a book you have to read cover to cover. You can read chapters and get the stories and, uh, and then the learnings and then you know, I gave a, back to people something they can do with it themselves. So uh, it's a fun, it was fun to, fun project to work on for sure. And so that's on Amazon. Where yep. can you find more about Performance Tea? Yeah, so we actually sell the adaptogen products on Amazon and also on our website. So www.performancetea.com. And, uh, and we sell our CBD products and our adaptogen products. We're, we're getting into retail now, so we're in, about 40 stores, but you know, not national, but Cleveland, the Midwest, some in Colorado, some in California. So our, our mission is to, you know, the mission of the company is to help people achieve their potential. Nice. And this product is part of that. And so we're, we're committed because we think this helps people. And so that's why we want to, you know, get off and get people drinking it. Nice. So they can find the tea on Amazon or on your, on your website itself, yeah. find your book on Amazon. Are there other ways of getting uh, more information about what you do and your experiments and your curiosity and your travels yeah. and your adventures? I, I'm, you know, I'm like, I love email. Uh, so if someone emails me at joe at performancetea.com, I will absolutely respond back. Nice. You know, we've done coaching. If you want to run a 5k all the way up to an ultra marathon, I'll help you build a plan. You know, we're all about helping and supporting just like I had it. Uh, you know, on Instagram, you can follow uh, the High Performance Life, um, or you can follow us on performance t, performance t.com and start to get into the community. I'm on Facebook, of course, at the High Performance Life, you know, and so, and the blog that I write, which is now, oh, 2,500 plus days in a row, I've written the blog. Uh, yeah, it's uh, on the highperformancelife.net. And if you sign up, you'll get a daily email from me, which is sort of a paragraph about that life element and the learning element of, uh, of how I think every day. And it's a, it's a great challenge for me to write every day and share that. One more time for that particular website. Yeah, yeah so that's thehighperformancelife.net and then sign up for the blog if you give me your email address. I don't share it with anyone else. This is just between whoever wants to subscribe and me. We're gonna keep writing uh, for a long, long time. There's lots awesome. to talk about. So let me encourage folks who are either watching or listening to this to definitely check out and try your teas for yes, various please. reasons, which is awesome. Check out your book, which is on Amazon, and then sign up for your newsletter at thehighperformancelife.net, correct? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Joe, great to talk to you. Great to see you. Yes, well it's been wonderful. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate your time. And uh, anytime you need me to come over for dinner, just let me know. I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> Good to see you, Joe. Take care. All right, take care.